0: Hey, this is Jamie from Stillmeyer Games, and today I have a video that's gonna be a little different than other videos recently because instead of just talking about one category of games and ranking them from my, you know, my top ten of those games, I'm gonna actually talk about six different categories. These are categories that I've had on my checklist of categories to make videos about for quite some time, but I keep procrastinating actually making these videos. And I finally decided, you know, instead of just continuing to procrastinate, I'm just going to do them all in one video. Um, And I think maybe the reason why is that I I don't really have all that many rankings for these games. I I, I have probably a top pick for each one, and I'll highlight the top pick in this video, and I'll talk a little bit about the game design aspects of these different categories. But um, ranking them, I I don't know, they're, they're not categories that I think about all that much, and so I don't have really rankings for them. You'll probably get a feel for what I mean as I go through these categories, but there's really nothing against games in these categories. These categories include many games that I really, really love. So the first category is games for non-gamers. My favorite games for non-gamers, and the games and for each of these lists, I'm going to list a bunch of games that fall into these categories that I had notes of to talk about as potential top ten candidates. Um, so it, and most of these that I mentioned are games that I played and loved that would go in the top ten. Some of them are suggested by Steamware Ambassadors that I have not played uh so games for non-gamers so this is a category of games where um they're very easy to get to the table with someone who doesn't typically play games. They're very inviting, typically. They're typically very short. Um, Sometimes they have an element of whimsy to them, and they have very, very little rules typically because non-gamers, I think, aren't used to learning a bunch of rules before they play a game. So I think these games are very welcoming to non-gamers. I would put these in a different category than gateway games because these are the types of games, these are even lighter, typically, than gateway games. and the purpose of these isn't always to help a gamer, uh, be- help a non-gamer become a gamer. It's just maybe something to do when you have a non-gamer around and everyone else wants to play a game. So, games for non-gamers. In no particular order, and then I'll mention my top pick from this list. Skull. Telestrations. Just One. Blockus. No Thanks. Scotland Yard. Codenames. The Mind. Coup, Sushi Go. Deep Sea Adventure. Labyrinth downforce ink and gold and love letter so i think these are all pretty good picks uh for for games that that i would gladly bring to the table with someone who doesn't normally play games and i think my top pick based on experience with this game in particular is no thanks i think i've had great experiences sharing no thanks with people who don't typically play games um or maybe their their limited experience with games might be poker. I think if you play poker and you enjoy poker, I think No Thanks is a great game to introduce to people um, because there is a little bit of kind of pushing your luck, a little betting, a little bluffing along that goes along with No Thanks. You have to read your opponents a little bit. in um, No Thanks, No Thanks is a game basically where you are um, bidding on bidding to not take a card that is randomly revealed in the middle of the table. Um, and eventually a player will just decide, okay, there's enough tokens on this card now that other players, including myself, that have put on that card. I'm just going to go ahead and take that card. And the tokens are good. You want the tokens. You don't typically want the card. Uh, so yeah, no thanks, I think, is my top pick as a game for non-gamer. And with all these categories, I'd love to hear your top pick for this list, whether it's one that I mentioned here or another one that you have found that is just really great to get to the table with people who don't normally play games. The next category... Are team games. Uh, This is another one that I procrastinated for quite some time. I do play some team games, but it's pretty rare that I play a team game. Um, I would say it's slightly more often that I would play a one versus many game. I've mentioned Scotland Yard here. I'm currently playing Betrayal Legacy, which each session becomes a one versus many game, but it's pretty rare that I play a team game. And so the the games on this list uh, are Codenames, Deception, Captain Sonar, Avalon and the Resistance, Battlestar Galactica, When I Dream, Wavelength, Good Cop Bad Cop, Leaders of Euphoria, Patriots and Redcoats, and Feelings. Obviously, there are many for all these categories. There are many more games that could go on these lists. These are just the ones that I had on my list for consideration. And my top pick is Avalon, the the uh, the Camelot version of the Resistance. This is a team game where you don't necessarily know who's on your team. Sometimes you do, but sometimes you don't, uh, and you're you're going on little very abstracted missions uh with with uh, to, to try to to win or lose those missions depending on which team you're on and i've had a lot of fun playing avalon i don't think i have played it in quite a while but uh like i said i don't play too many team games it was a really close call i would say between this and captain sonar i think captain sonar is an incredible team game it's where you're on competing submarines and each player has a completely asymmetric role but it is a bit of a beast to get to the table you really need six to eight players to get to the table and uh and you have to almost reteach each role every time you play unless you play captain sonar a lot so i'm going to go with avalon as my pick for my top favorite my favorite team game right now again let me know your favorite team game in the comments below and the last time it got to the table i'm curious if during the pandemic team games have gotten to the table a little bit less than normal the next category are easy to learn hard to master games uh yeah, so this is a category of games where there is a level, level of mastery available for you to get to. So uh, there are many games that are easy to learn, I think. I mentioned some of them above in the games that are welcoming for non-gamers. But I wouldn't say those are games that you eventually master. They're just games that you have fun with and play. But these are games that I mentioned on this list, and there are many more that could go on this list. This is a tough list to create, um, that, uh, where they're very easy to get into, very easy to start playing. Uh, But mastery takes multiple plays and really getting to know what works uh, in terms of strategy and tactics. So on my list, I have Azul Summer Pavilion, Concordia, Hive, Santorini, Tiny Towns, the Guild of Merchant Explorers, Watergate, Rumble Nation, Fantastic Factories, and Planet Unknown. And this was probably the toughest category of today to pick my top selection, but I'm going to go with the Guild of Merchant Explorers. I've really, really enjoyed that game this year. And I definitely found every time I played that while you do have to adjust the strategies, your strategy is based on what cards come up and, and what you have available to you in that given game, that every time I played, I felt like I was getting better and better, even though it was really easy to start playing. Um, I, you know, I was trying to, to grok the different strategies and, and understand this game. This is a game where you are building a map um, and I think one of the things that makes it re- that ma- makes it fit in this category really well is that you're building this map, um, but at the end of each round, you have to reset certain elements of it. In fact, you reset a lot and then you go back in and continue to expand outward from the things that did remain on the map. And so, Uh, The game gives you multiple opportunities to kind of level up as you play. You play that first round and you're like, oh, wow, okay, I barely have anything left on the board after that round. I need to do better in this next round. And you can also determine what is worth pursuing as a permanent change to the map and what isn't worth pursuing. There's just a a great level of of mastery that I think unfolds in the Guild of Merchant Explorers, and I've really enjoyed my play of it. The next category, Category 4 here, is games where you build a shared map as you play. So you don't start off with a map on the board, you actually construct that map as you play, by, typically by exploring. You're building out, you're placing tiles on a board. That's typically what, what, uh, what encapsulates this, this style of game. And uh, the the games on this list are a few that I haven't played. I haven't played Mage Knight, which is on this list. I've played The Seven Continent, Carcassonne, Journeys in Middle-Earth, Pandemic Legacy Season 2, Twilight Imperium 4th Edition, uh, The 100 Tori, Tainted Grail, Mansions of Madness, Archipelago, Betrayal, Eclipse, Tang Garden, and Terraforming Mars. The Terraforming Mars does kind of start with a map. You're building on the map as you play. And I think my top pick from this category is The Seventh Continent. I really enjoyed building that map as you play, and even though the game the game is telling you where to place those tiles, um, but uh, because you, you you like walk off a certain tile and it'll say, okay, put tile one seventy three here, and you'll go get tile or card one seventy three and you'll put it in that slot. Um, but it is a so you're not you're not experiencing the building aspect of it, but you are very much experiencing the exploration aspect of it. Which direction do I want to go and see more cards in this direction? The 7th Continent, I think, does a fantastic job of that. I guess, you know, given that that is one category of this, another category is how you decide to build that board as you play. Um, actually, I didn't put... Let me add land versus sea to this. I think land versus sea is a really great pick for, uh, for a game where you are building the map as you play, you and the other players. I'll add that on there as, my, uh, as another top pick, land versus sea. The next category is oh, i guess from a design perspective um so this is something that i thought about a lot with scythe like how should scythe originally have been a game where you build it as you play i tried it in early game design it didn't seem to work all that well because of um of movement restrictions i thought inside that players need to have some movement restrictions and the, the end result of that is having rivers in specific places and having home bases that are have certain terrain accessibility and so having control over that map I think uh, really is what helps make Scythe work. However, we did eventually, or I did eventually design a modular map for Scythe where there is still a board because I think there still needs to be a board for there to be a factory in a specific place for players to start on the edge of the map and not the middle. If you're starting in the middle and building out, that can work a lot easier um, where you just have tiles and build out. Uh, And I still have rivers and specific places on that board. And then you have tiles that you place on the board and the tiles aren't individual hexes. They are comprised of seven hexes that go on the board at the beginning of the game. So even then, you're not really building the map as you play. You're building it at the beginning of the game and, and you're seeing what's out there. Next category is out-of-print games. This is one that's tough to talk about because this changes all the time, and I bet I will say a game on this list right now that is coming back in print. In fact, I see one right now that is definitely coming back in print. Uh, So Netrunner, Archipelago, Battlestar Galactica, which came back into print with Unfathomable in a a slightly different, well, a different theme. Bruges, which is the one that I saw where where I realized that is now coming back into print. This is how old this list is. Chaos in the Old World, Discworld, Forbidden Stars, Francis Drake, Glory to Rome, Kingsburg, um, Love Letter, Hobbit, Mex vs. Minions, Nippon, Aura at Labora, Puzzle Strike, Russian Railroads, Shadows over Camelot, Star Wars Epic Duels, which I think is kind of back in print through Unmatched, Thurn and Taxis, and Walnut Grove. The, of this list, of all the lists here, um, except for maybe the next one, these are many games that I have not played, but I have played some of them. Uh, and it was a tough decision for me between Kingsburg, Russian Railroads, and Ora at Labora, but in the end, I'm going with Russian Railroads, uh, which, again, may be coming back into print. I don't really know. They might choose a different, uh, a different country to, to feature for this game, given um, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. But uh, the theme of the game isn't really Russia all that much. It's more about the railroads and this engine building aspect of pushing forward on some tracks and building your engine in certain ways, but not others. The worker placement, I really love about this game. And I love that this game is on Board Game Arena. So even though it is out of print, it is still available to play on an ongoing basis on Board Game Arena. So it doesn't feel all that out of print. Um, Yeah, yeah. That is my pick. Kingsburg is also... Kingsburg's available as a digital app, and a friend a friend of mine has Aura Labora, so it doesn't feel out of print to me, but I know that is, my experience is not shared by many others who might want to try some of those games. Aura Labora really is a wonderful game if you get the chance to play it. The final category is one that I really did want to talk about in a video, but it's a tough one to talk about uh, because of these games. This final category is fictional games. So games that appear in works of fiction, but they are fictional games themselves. Uh, And some of these have actually become real games. I'll mention them as I go through the list. Uh, But and my top pick here is my the game that I most want to play. So some of these games are Gwent that appears in The Witcher, and that is a real game. You can play the Gwent digitally. You might there might be a tabletop version of it as well. Nine Kings. This is from the Brent Weeks Lightbringer series. Uh, The Legend of Korra Pro bending. This actually did get a tabletop game, I think, after I originally put it on this list, although it is different than actually playing the sport of pro banding. It's a tabletop version of it. Uh, the Hunger Games. Hunger Games not a game that I want to play, but, uh, but it is a game in a fictional universe. Ender's Game. I don't remember the name of the game in Ender's Game, but they're playing that big anti-gravity game that sounds awesome. Millennium Blades, which is the name of the CCG in the Millennium Blades game, which isn't a CCG, which I think is brilliant. Uh, a couple games from Star Wars, Sabak, which uh, or Sabac, which is a is a card game, is an actual card game, and the the holographic chess, which is called Dejeric. I had to look that up. I've always just called that holographic chess. Um Pokemon. I, I don't know a lot about Pokemon, but I think Pokemon is actually a game inside the Pokemon world, uh where you're you're, you're fighting, you're, you're pitting one Pokemon against another. The this so is an odd one. The race that happens in Wreck-It Ralph, I think that looks like a really fun race to run through. I have another race coming up in a second. Quidditch, Quidditch, the game in in Harry Potter. I don't think there are any other fictional games in the Harry Potter world, but there might be. Let me know if there are. Uh, the race in the movie Tron. Re- I picked out a bunch of random movies here. The robot boxing in the movie Real Steel. Uh, pod racing, pod racing. Everybody knows pod racing. Pod racing. It was probably my top pick of like the, the the sports on this list that I'd want to try. Although it would be incredibly dangerous. Like many of these sports in these fictional worlds, they're incredibly dangerous. Um, Quest of Yore from the movie Onward, the Pixar movie Onward. Cones of Dunshire, which did I think eventually become a game. Pie show from again Legend of Korra and Avatar. Calvin Ball from Calvin and Hobbes. Tack. Or Toc Tack from uh, from the uh, the King Killer Chronicles from Patrick Rothfuss. that actually did become a game that is an actual game that I could play uh, I need to try that but I never have tried it uh, Triple Triad in Final Fantasy VIII I have not played that I, I saw that on someone else's list and finally my top pick from this list is Nine Kings Nine Kings is a magic light card game that is in the Brent Weeks Lightbringer series and just sounds like a lot of fun to play. Uh, Yeah, I think that's my, I don't know a lot about the game, but I think people have tried to replicate cards a little bit from that, that world, but uh, the scenes in, in that series where they, where they're playing the game, make it sound like a lot of fun. And so that's, that's the game that I want to play, Nine Kings. Let me know what you think. What, what of these fictional games have you played? If you have played some of them, because some of them do exist in, in, in one form or another, Uh, which one would you, would, would, have you played? Which one do you want to play? And which of like the sports that I mentioned here, would you actually want to play if you could? All right. Those are my six categories. Um, I'd love to hear your top picks for, for your favorite games in these different categories. Let me know in the comments below. And uh, I will try not to get too backed up on these lists in the future and try to focus on the list that I'm really excited to talk about. Hopefully this format was okay for me to catch up on these lists with you. All right. Thanks. Bye.